this week on Hope for the Broken. In our culture, in earthly kingdoms, we value acquiring possessions. But in Jesus' kingdom, giving reigns supreme. And what Jesus is driving at is that as his disciples, we should value treasure in heaven more than we value treasure on earth. And as members of Jesus' kingdom, we are to give all things generously. That is what marks what scripture teaches as citizens of heaven. Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitydtx.org. This week, we wrap up our series called The Core. Here's our pastor, Chris Wigley, with part four titled, Giving All Things Generously. Today is going to be a slightly different day than usual. Uh, Today is what we call annual report day. It's a day that we set aside every year uh, at this time of year to be able to kind of share with you all that the Lord has done in 2023 and to look forward to what the Lord is going to do in and through our church in 2024. So if you are a guest with us, this is atypical. Typically, what I would do at this point is I would open up, I would direct you to a text And I would preach out of that text, and uh, we're going to do that today, uh, but it's going to be an abbreviated section, and then we're going to get into what we call annual report celebration Sunday. The Lord has been faithful uh, to our church in 2023, and it is the evidence of the Lord's faithfulness this year so far that we are excited and can't wait to see all that the Lord has in store for us as a church in 2024. And so I can't wait to tell you about it. But before we do that, let's jump into God's God's word and let's examine our fourth core value. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter six. We're going to be in Matthew chapter six this morning, beginning in verse 19. We're going to go through verse 24 today as we look at our fourth core value. We we started a few weeks ago, a series uh, teaching on the core values of our church. You know, as a church, we have a mission statement that is God-given, that we are to make disciples that make disciples. That is the Great Commission. And we have a vision to become a gospel-centered community, redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. And we have a strategy to accomplish that vision, and that is that we trust Jesus in worship, transforming lives and community, and we're telling others by living on mission. Well, there are pillars that all of that sits upon. They are the passions of our heart as a church. They are the very things that drive us to be a people, to see our mission, our vision come to fruition, not only in our city, but even to the ends of the world. And so we've talked about these core values. First is to share the gospel relentlessly. We are a people that is sharing the gospel relentlessly. No matter what we are up against, we will seek to share the gospel because it is the hope of the world. We also desire to be a people that models Jesus faithfully. 
not only to the world, but to one another as we seek to encourage one another in our journey with Christ. And then last week, we took a look at what it meant to love others sacrificially, that God has called us to be a people of love, that we love one another sacrificially, but more than just loving one another, we love others in a way that we're willing to sacrifice in order to communicate God's love to them. Today, we come to the fourth core value, and that is giving all things generously. We give all things generously. Here in Matthew chapter 6, it is in the middle of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preaches the sermon. It's the best sermon ever preached uh, that, the, that will ever be preached because it is our Lord Jesus that preaches it. And he's preaching this on kind of, don't think a mountain, like in that, in that sense, it's more like a hillside. And crowds are beginning to gather around him. And while we don't know how many are a part of this crowd, most scholars believe somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 people are beginning to gather around Jesus. So Jesus kind of walks up on a hill so that he could be heard in, in a room of that size, in a mass, a, a gathering of that size. And so Jesus is, is laying out the principles of his kingdom in what is the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is actually Jesus walking through several different small sections. And in each section, he addresses a different topic. And, and he addresses topics from a kingdom perspective. Now, we know Jesus to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we know his kingdom, in his own words, is not of this world, but his kingdom is greater than this world. His kingdom is eternal. And the values, the principles, the ethics of Jesus's kingdom are different than the kingdoms of our world. As a result, Jesus uses this sermon to contrast the dynamics of the kingdom of God from the kingdom of the earth, from earthly normal thinking. And that is his focus when he comes to the topic in this section on generosity. In our culture, in earthly kingdoms, we value acquiring possessions. But in Jesus' kingdom, giving reigns supreme. And what Jesus is driving at is that as his disciples, we should value treasure in heaven more than we value treasure on earth. And as members of Jesus' kingdom, we are to give all things generously. That is what marks what, what Scripture teaches as citizens of heaven. In fact, Paul says that I'm just a foreigner. I'm just passing through. My citizenship resides in heaven. And so in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches that generosity marks a citizen of heaven, a believer. Generosity benefits a believer. And thirdly, he teaches that generosity focuses a believer. That is our outline here today. So let's begin this morning by looking at the first aspect of Jesus' teaching, that generosity marks a believer. That is, it is a key characteristic of people who follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. Why? Well, God, our God, is a very generous God. We believe it is him who has provided everything that we have. It is the Lord's provision. He has blessed us in every way. God has demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his son. 
And as God said to Abraham, I believe he says to us today, you are blessed to be a blessing. I am blessing you in order to extend that blessing to others. And that's the key mark of a believer that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6. Let's read verse 19. Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus begins his teaching with, with a negative command, do not. It carries the idea of stopping something so that something else can take its place. Jesus says, stop laying up treasures on earth. Stop acquiring, accumulating is what that word lay up means, treasures on earth. Now, the context by which Jesus is speaking is he's speaking to this crowd and he's saying, listen, if you want to participate in my kingdom, if you want to be a part of the uh, heavenly kingdom, then you look at things differently. You look at the world differently. And then the world's ways become upside down. If we're a part of Jesus' kingdom, we stop solely investing in earthly possessions and we start investing in eternal initiatives. Therefore, the person who is a citizen of heaven, who is marked as a believer of Jesus Christ, is someone that is generous. The Apostle Paul goes on to teach that when we come to faith, we're new creations. The old has gone. The new has come. He talks about the battle between pursuing the things of the flesh versus pursuing the things of the Spirit. We no longer desire the things of the flesh if we are in Christ, but rather we seek to walk according to the Spirit. Our perspective changes. The world seems upside down and backwards. When the world's way is to gather possessions on earth, the one who has the most toys wins. The way of the kingdom is to give it away, to be generous. We are people that are marked by generosity in three specific ways. In our time given, in our talents used, and in our treasures given away. From all accounts that we have in Scripture, generosity has always marked God's people. That was especially the case of the church. When you look at Acts chapter 2, this is, Acts chapter 2 is the launch of what is called the church. It's on the heels of Pentecost. This thing called church happened, and generosity has always marked believers since that point. In Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45, it says, And all who believed, that is, believed in Jesus, trusted him as Lord and Savior, were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. In other words, they were generous with their possessions. They were generous with their things. We also see it in Acts chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. It says, There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds, what was sold, and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. See, we see here that from the very inception of the church, generosity was a key marker of the people, and that's still true today. Not only was the early church generous with their possessions, they were also generous with their finances. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about a collection that he is acquiring from the churches in Macedonia in order to use it for ministry in Jerusalem. 
And this is what he says beginning in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians uh, 8, or verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 8. He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For even in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in your love, and in our love for you, see that you also excel in this act of grace, this act of generosity. The point is that I'm trying to make is that generosity has identified a believer in Jesus Christ since the foundation of the church. It's a key indicator of a believer in Christ. Generosity marks a believer. The second thing that Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount here in this section of it is that generosity benefits the believer. Did you know that there's actually a benefit in being generous? Jesus takes on the role of what many would call a financial advisor in verse 20. He says, don't lay up treasures where it disintegrates, where it tires, where thieves break in and steal but instead consider a better investment. Look at verse 20 with me of Matthew chapter 6. He says, but, in other words, instead, lay up, meaning accumulate, for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and still. Two things here that I want to highlight in this verse. First, Jesus says to lay up for yourselves. In other words, for your benefit. Your benefit. There is a gain to being generous. And secondly, Jesus is saying this, consider the ROI, the return on investment. Jesus' counsel is to stop solely investing in earthly things and begin investing in eternal matters. Because when you solely invest in earthly things, you're taking on a risk. Now hear me. Jesus in no way is saying that investing financial resources is wrong. In fact, to, to take this passage and to apply it in that way is to misinterpret the text. Because you've got to consider the whole counsel of God, right? And all throughout the pages of the scripture is wisdom on investing financial resources. You should be investing. But what Jesus is saying is, listen... There is a risk that is present in investing in earthly matters that is not there when you invest in eternal matters. Anybody remember March of 2020? It's when the world shut down, right? I remember in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, my 401k dropped. And none of us knew where the floor was going to be on that, did we? But then the Lord turned things around. And man, it began to pile up. In 2021, man, we saw great returns. And then in 2022, what happened? I lost high five-digit figures. And I still, in my 401k, am not back to 2021 
numbers, right? We all know the, the feeling in the pit of our stomach when that stuff begins to drop, right? And Jesus is saying, listen, there is a risk when we, uh, when we invest in earthly things, but it's not there when we invest in heaven. See, moth and rust, it's not present in heaven. Thieves can't break into heaven. Economic turns don't affect heaven. Jesus is saying, consider the better return on investment here. Accumulate for yourselves treasures that are in heaven. But even beyond Jesus' teaching, did you know that our society has identified and proven the fact that being generous actually benefits somebody? I came across an article this week written by Michael Hyatt, a leader in business development, and the title of the article was Five Research-Backed Benefits of Making Generosity a Habit. In his own words, this is what he says, there's a lot of research demonstrating that generosity enhances our quality of life. Hmm. Imagine that. Five ways, he says, he points out. He says that research, uh, that, that research confirms that generosity lowers blood pressure. According to a Stony Brook School of Medicine study, generosity, quote, lowers the risk of dementia, reduces anxiety and depression, and improves chronic pain management. Hyatt quotes another study that says giving our time and money to others gives us an emotional boost. I think we all know that to be true. Further studies have found that being generous lowers stress and improves relationships. And the fifth way that he says generosity benefits somebody is that it is linked to extending life. Generous people, according to the study, live longer. Kind of sounds like Jesus knows what he's talking about, doesn't it? It's amazing to me how God's word proves true time and time and time again. We give all things generously because it marks a believer and because it benefits a believer. Thirdly, generosity focuses the believer. When we give our time, our talent, and our treasures, it focuses our hearts on what is most important. Look what Jesus says in verses 21 through 24. He talks about this. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, then how great is the darkness? See, no one can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus concludes this section of his Sermon on the Mount with a key takeaway. What Jesus is saying is this, our treasure and our hearts can only be in one place. The word that is translated heart in the original language means the inner self, the mind, or the intention. In other words, our focus. In Jesus' sermon, he says that either our treasures and our hearts are focused on heaven or they are focused on earth. They cannot be in both places. And when we're generous, it actually shifts our focus. It shifts our focus to the things of heaven. Now, let me be clear here. 
I do not believe that Jesus is in any way, shape, or form saying that having possessions is bad. That is not the point here. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, the point isn't the treasure. The point is the heart. And number two, the Christian view of possessions is that God is the one who's given it to us. So Jesus can't be harping on having stuff. He's just harping on our hearts. Because our heart... Our focus is what is of utmost importance to our Lord and Savior. He's saying that we are given those things to steward them, to manage them in a way that honors Him. What is our heart position? What do we value the most? Is it earthly possessions and the acquisition of more? Or do we leverage our earthly resources for kingdom investment? That's the real issue. It's a focus issue. Because our treasures follow our heart's passions. We know that to be true, right? We invest in our kids. Why? Because they have our hearts. We invest in in our spouses. Why? Because they have our hearts. Our treasures naturally follow our heart's locations, our heart's focus. So we've talked about our core values. What drives our church? We have a desire to be a church that shares the gospel relentlessly because it is the very gospel that brings hope. We desire to be a church that models Jesus faithfully to a lost world that we'd be Jesus with skin on and to one another that we may help encourage one another in the faith. We passionately love others sacrificially. Why? Because that's what God has done for us. And we give all things generously. We live open-handedly. Why? Because our hearts are focused on the kingdom of heaven. And our treasure follows our hearts. That's the core at Trinity. How's that for the shortest sermon that you'll ever hear from me, right? I heard somebody clap. (laughs) Somebody's applauding that. We're not done yet, right? We're not done yet. So at this time, I want to share with you a report on all that the Lord has done here in 2023. And here's what I want you to see uh, by looking at this uh, annual report sheet right here that was in your seat on your way in. This right here reflects ways that we have leveraged human resources for kingdom impact, right? And, And so what we see here in this is the work of Almighty God. This is not the work of one individual This is not to to be to the praise of of one person. It is to be to the praise and the glory of God. We've seen God work in amazing ways. And in this report, it takes our strategy, trusting Jesus through worship, transforming lives and community, and telling others by living on mission, and gauges how we're doing in our strategy to achieve the vision that God has given us. The first category is trusting Jesus through worship. We have seen significant growth in 2023, 32% growth in weekly attendance. Counting today's baptism at the 11 o'clock service, we will have baptized 53 people in the last year. Here's why that's important. Every baptism indicates life change. And you know what? About 25% of those baptisms are adults that are stepping out on faith, coming to faith in Jesus as Lord. 
It is, is an indication of people coming to faith in him. This year, in the area of worship, we also hosted If Local, which is a women's gathering where over 100 ladies gathered in this room to worship Jesus and have Bible study. We continue to build a fantastic worship team. Let me just say something. I hope you realize how blessed we are with the worship team that we have. And uh, it is truly, truly incredible. A team of people that is using their talents both on and off the stage. You know, there are people gathered up in the broadcast suite right this very moment that are running the screens and doing online church at the next hour and engaging with people online. These are people who are volunteering their time to help people worship. We've brought on Micah Sullivan in a full-time capacity this year. That has been a blessing. We're constructing his office right now in what used to be our reception area. And so you could stop by and knock on his window whenever that is complete. We also had a night of worship last this month, which was awesome and incredible. Micah is using his creative abilities, and our worship team is actually writing original music. And it's awesome. I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it as we begin to roll that out in 2024. In addition to corporate worship, we've also provided tools for families and, and tools for you to engage in private worship. That is your own time with the Lord. Our family ministry team has created those resources where families can have conversations and discussions around biblical truths. It's truly been an amazing year when we think about the area of trusting Jesus through worship. But also, the next category, transforming lives and community. We have seen God do amazing things in and through community. We're seeing lives literally transformed. We've seen with the increase in numbers of attendance, an increase, as you see there, in number of people getting into groups. This is so encouraging to me because it's in a small group that you are known and loved and cared for, that you are challenged and that you are discipled in the faith. Our groups are serving well. They're serving in our community well. They're fellowshipping well. They're discipling well. They're raising up people that then take on new classes. They're helping people find community and and doing life together. We continue to launch new groups on a consistent basis. We've added 88 new people to our fellowship this year. By the way, if you're new to our church and you would like to know more information about our church, we'll be hosting the next starting point on Sunday, December the 10th. Is that a Sunday? Sunday, December the 10th, during the 11 o'clock worship service. And so we would invite you to sign up for that. You can go to our website, trinitytx.org, and register for that. Another area where we are seeing lives transformed is through Celebrate Recovery. You know, we initially planned to launch Celebrate Recovery in January of 2024. But the Lord opened up door after door after door. He brought together an amazing team of leaders, 19 leaders that lead and celebrate recovery each and every week. And we were able to sacrifice in some areas and free up some resources to be able to launch Celebrate Recovery in September of this year. And let me tell you some of the stories of people that are finding freedom. They're finding freedom from real issues like relational problems marriage challenges, someone transitioning from prison to society, overcoming addictions, dealing with a spouse on hospice care, overcoming anger issues, one person that's been attending AA but looking for a program that proclaims Jesus as the higher power, 
People who struggle with teens, struggles in dealing with a child with health issues, childhood dysfunction, overcoming spousal abuse, emotional trauma, homelessness, and many more issues. As about 40 people gather each Tuesday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. and celebrate recovery. Church family, God is using you to seriously transform and free people from the bondage of sin. And I'm so excited about what the Lord is going to do in and through CR in 2024. Let's talk about telling others by living on mission. What an incredible year it's been in the area of missions. So far this year, we have mobilized outside the walls of our church 320 people. That's 320 missionaries. They're having profound impacts, not only in our uh, community, but around the world. That doesn't even count the number of volunteers that serve each week in ministries on our campus. By the way, you know what one of the things that we hear often? We hear how often Trinity is engaged in the community. That doesn't happen without you. It doesn't happen without you saying, I want to love my neighbor as I love myself. You're taking the charge to be ministers seriously, and I'm so proud of our church. Another thing that I hear is, is, the, is the quality of programming that we have for our kids and student ministries. Listen, that doesn't happen without volunteers. And, and it's people like you that make this church receive that kind of feedback. Let me tell you how else that we have um, made a profound impact. Our partnership with the East Texas Food Bank, we have served food to 4,839 families this year. That's families, not individuals. I recently saw a demographic that the average family size in Mount Pleasant is three. So if we take that and we apply that to that number, that means that you have provided food for 14,517 people. You know what? It's actually more than that. You know why? Because we, because of your generosity, we help support a local organization called Titus County Cares who distributes food. So the maximum impact that you guys are having here is unknown, but it is tremendous and profound. In January of this year, we celebrated 40 years of existence as a church. It was an incredible week where 179 of you served in our community. You took Serve Week to the extreme, to the max, and you served and blessed countless numbers of people. We had over 300 people gather in a celebration dinner that was absolutely a blast. We got to hear from our founding pastor, Dr. Reggie McNeil. And it was also at our 40th anniversary celebration that we burned the note that we had and Trinity became a debt-free church in January of this year. Even though we celebrated 40 years of fruitful ministry, here's what I love about this church. We are still on mission, mobilizing, developing, and launching ministries to impact the next 40 years so long as Jesus tarries. We have several things planned in the area of missions for 2024. We plan to take three mission trips, one with our church plant partner in Fort Worth, one in Seattle, Washington, and one going back to Honduras this summer. Three mission trips this year, which you need to get your application and passport. Stop by and see Brittany right outside the missions area. I promise you she would love to get you connected on a trip. Now, remember... 
Back in August, when we had a similar meeting like this, I challenged us, every church member on a short-term mission trip by the year 2030. So we got to get busy here. It's 2024 coming up, right? And so I want to see you guys mobilized. I'm also excited in the area of reaching out to our community in Night to Shine. Night to Shine is a prom-like experience for honored guests with special needs ages 14 and up. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we're going to need folks to volunteer, and we're going to need folks to help us get the word out. And right now, I'm pleased to tell you that we have launched a website. If you go to trinitytx.org slash night to shine, you'll be able to sign up as a volunteer. You'll be able to recommend people to go there to register as honored guests, and you'll be able to see all that we are doing with night to shine. Church family, it's been an awesome year. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of what I get to tell you. We are pursuing excellence as we are trusting Jesus through worship. We are transforming lives and community. And we will relentlessly tell others by living on mission. God is at work, not only in this church, but I want you to know through this church. And he's using you to do these incredible things. And here's the deal. Your generosity is what has fueled everything we've been able to do this year. When you give to Trinity, I've done this teaching a little bit, but I think it's important at this point to do this. You don't give to Trinity. You're not giving to us. We're not a bank. You're giving through Trinity. We take the resources that you give us and we use it for gospel advancement. That is our commitment to you. You'll see there the financial report for 2023. Our budget requirement year to date is $987,746. So far this year, you have given $910,898.10 to our operations budget. Much more has been given through designated receipts, but general budget giving is what funds our ministries and supports our organizations. While we are a little bit behind budget, our expenses match what we have brought in. We have spent $909,851.14. I hope you see it as our heart to be good stewards of the resources that you give to Trinity. I want to encourage us to continue to, to challenge us to see that we finish the year in a strong financial position. We also launched this year the Next 40 initiative. It is an initiative where we are desiring to position our church to reach the next generation for Christ over the next 40 years. We're investing in programming, in resources, and in our facilities that will serve as tools to achieve that goal. And this year, to that initiative, you have given $390,673. As a result of that, phase one is well underway and paid for. The playground, although still awaiting a fencing, is being used at this very moment. You ought to get out there. You ought to see the kids. They've been watching it in the window, chomping at the bit to get out on the playground. Today, they get to play on that playground. Additionally, we'll be stalling access controls in the kids' area that will provide added security. And we'll be renovating the quad into a kids' worship center. That's coming along nicely as well. We plan, once all these projects in phase one is completed, to have a, quote, open house where you can come and see all that you are investing in for the next generations. 
Because phase one is paid for, we are now in the process of acquiring bids for phase two, key aspects of phase two, which will focus on our student ministry, constructing a half-court basketball court, audio, video, and lighting upgrades, and more security measures across our campus. And so we hope to be able to inform you on the cost of those projects very soon. If you want more information about Next 40, visit our website, trinitytx.org slash next40, and you'll see all that we plan to do. Listen, it is the Lord's faithfulness that has me fired up for 2024. Together, we are making a difference on this campus, in our city, and around the world. Church family, let's continue to run hard after the Lord. As I've said before, church, we are a vehicle to ministering to people. We've created a video of just a snapshot, a cross-section of our church, sharing some of the ways that God is using you to impact lives, to invest in their lives. And so I want to invite you to watch the screens here as we close our services. God has used Trinity in a lot of ways. This is like the three years we've been here. I got into youth uh, last year and it was a complete change. Trinity has just been amazing in like making a place. Like if there's not room, they're gonna make room. And how Trinity has made us closer as a family and closer with God and just easier to be connected, to stay connected and always in God's Word. Just being able to see how different, like other families have grown and seeing how our family has grown is amazing. Apart from the financial support that Trinity has um, done for us this year, we have been overwhelmed with the members of this church showing up, showing out, showing us love, volunteering, making food for our homeless friends, and just, it's been overwhelming how much support we've had from this body of believers. Also, um, it's been a really big blessing for our family just to have a circle of people praying for us every day and being a support system just for our family as we minister to our street friends. The love and support that we've gotten from Trinity has been just absolutely amazing um, for my wife and our kids especially. Um, the teachers here are absolutely amazing for them. Um, I've, I've come to love and just respect all the people here. They've, they've really made this nice for me. I haven't been here very long. So this has been a really smooth transition for me and I really appreciate that. So I was not really what you'd call a church person before I came here and this place really just felt like home to me. And I just feel really comfortable here. Trinity has the uh, amount of time that they invest in their ministries is kind of astounding, especially coming from different churches where usually it's just uh, some money and an offering plate that gets passed around. There's nothing really done outside of the church for people. Um, here, since we've been here, um, especially in the last year, we have seen different groups out helping like different ministries, uh, like Hope Ministries, and they'll throw baby showers for moms that uh, maybe wouldn't have gotten one before that. We've seen how much uh, support for uh, Celebrate Recovery the church has given um, for volunteers providing food for not just the volunteers but also 
um, for our people that come in to celebrate recovery. Um, we've seen people show up at Root Haven to help bring in food or clothing or whatever might be that need. And it's just an amazing experience to be a part of and to see. For me, the biggest change that I saw was bringing our kids to a church where everybody felt welcome and it, it felt more like a family really quick. And the attitude on Sunday mornings changed from are we going to church this morning to the kids asking what time are we leaving and then that quickly just go into let's go to church so that was a that really meant a lot to me to find a place that they felt felt such a strong pull to that they wanted to um, be here yeah i think for us as as a married couple the small groups have been a huge investment for us um, it gave us a place where we felt uh, accepted as parents and as people uh, where we could kind of let our guard down and grow not only as parents but also as a couple it gave us a place to to feel comfortable asking questions and getting help and asking for prayer and honestly feeling like we had others that were there with us and they're uh, not only struggling with us but praying with us and celebrating with us and and every single bit of the journey we're not by ourselves and it's been fantastic and we look forward to it every week and if we don't get to go we're sad and that's been a huge change for us and it changed our family so we have been at trinity for about two years the beginning of this year lindley was in the kindergarten class in the pre-k ministry under candy and she really was growing to be a leader and when Candy would ask her to pray out loud, she would. When she'd ask her to lead songs, she would. She loves to sing. But in January, she came to faith in Jesus at home with us. And between January and June, between Candy and Alicia, they really fostered and, and started growing her in the times that she was here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And so through the New Believers baptism class, she really nailed down her faith and that she was ready to be baptized. In August, she started in T-Kids and the growth that I've seen in her through um, wanting to lead, if that's praying, if that's um, singing in front of her peers, she loves to worship our God. Thanks Trinity for investing in me. Thanks, Trinity, for investing in us. Thanks, Trinity, for investing in me. Thanks, Trinity, for investing in me. Thanks, Trinity, for investing in us. Thanks, Trinity, for investing in us. You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info at trinitytx.org. 
If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you. We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.